a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Really going to enjoy this one, I think, uh, a guy that I've known for a while and uh, just reconnected with him to do this podcast. An incredible story. And we'll get right into it. Flyracing.com. Please check them out. By the time you hear this, uh, the Fly 2018 gear launch will be over. And uh, it's been great to uh, have those guys debut the new gear and fly us up to Boise, Idaho. Flyracing.com, the official gear of Blake Baggett and Zach Osborne, who are currently leading both national classes. Uh, so flyracing.com, please check them out online, and uh, you'd be surprised at all the stuff that they and WPS, their parent company, uh, carry uh, for dealers and uh, riders everywhere. Thanks, to, thanks to, to those guys. We appreciate it. Alpine Star Protects, whether it's the BNS Tech Carbon Neck Guard, the A1 Roost Guard, the uh, Fluid Tech Carbon Knee Brace, there's a whole line of Alpine Star Protects uh, line that you should check out. You know the boots. Uh, everybody knows the boots and the quality of that. Well, they've taken that and made it right into their protection line, and uh, Alpine Star is much more than a boot company, everybody, so please check them out. Alpine Stars Protects, and we appreciate those guys for coming on board, as well as you guys for listening. Like I said, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, an ISDE champion, a GNCC champion, and a legend in the off-road community, Shane Watts. What's up, Wattsy? How are you? Good day, Steve. Good to hear from you, mate. It's been a long time. It has been. It has been. I follow you from afar, um, so I still know what's going up with you. And uh, I'll tell you what, you are one of those guys, Shane, that uh, every once in a while your, your name comes up with, like, I've got a Shane Watts story. And everybody starts laughing. So that's, that's, your, yeah, leg- that's your legacy. <laughs> whether, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. And some of those stories, <laughs> yeah, they, they shouldn't have been created. I yeah, did some dumb things over the years, but did some pretty unique things as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you've got your dirt, rise, dirt Wise Riding Schools going on, and uh, I know that you just recently moved back to Australia full-time. What, what was the decision behind that, and how do you like it being back home? Uh, Australia is the best country ever. And I really enjoy my time in America. I'm here in America at the moment doing some more schools. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, uh, money. That's why we moved back there. And actually um, one of our children, he's got some um, some surgeries that he's got to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, have done uh, just all dental stuff and that. And with the healthcare system here in America, it's just way too expensive. So we said, hey, screw it. Let's move back to Australia and you know, let the kids go back and see my side of the family and mm-hmm. get to learn that and learn, learn the culture. So there's many different facets, but it come down to the money from the medical side of things because basically moving back to Australia, we get it done for free back there, yeah. essentially speaking, compared to you know, we're going to be 100000 out of pocket here in America. So 
there was a lifestyle change. It's many different things on it. So I said, screw it, let's head on back there and see how it is. And, you know, always open to coming back. But now that I've been back there for six, nine months now, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm staying. It's, 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 uh, I love it back there. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the countries I've never been to, man. I really want to go. Like, uh, It's got to be on my bucket list to go to Australia. Um, so looking mm-hmm. for, looking forward to that. And the Dirt Rise Riding School, the Dirt Wise Riding School. Uh, you've been doing it for a while. How, those are good. People are liking them. Yeah, mate. You're struggling. Saying I do. That, right? I am. What's my yeah. problem? I don't know. <laughs> That's a hard one. Um, yeah, it's been ten years. When yeah, I finished racing mm-hmm. uh, professionally, GC middle of the season. I jumped probably a third of the way through in uh, mid May, something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe end of May in 2007. Three weeks later, I did my first riding school, just transition right in. I was done with racing. I was burnt out, had enough, and just, yeah, stopped. I won the first race of the year, first GC. Yep. Uh, as good as leading the points after a couple of races. And just, yep, yeah, cold turkey, done, had enough. So you've been 10 years in, into the school. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's wide open. I, I can go... Um, so every weekend of the year, um, yeah. So that was we've got our instructional DVDs that we that, that done quite well with. Us. Obviously, DVDs have dropped right off now, but you know, mm-hmm. we've sold some like thirty nine thousand of those. So that's a awesome. that's a lot of a lot of DVDs when when you add up the numbers over the years and all that. So, but yeah, with our schools, we've we've into like. Three and a half thousand people have graduated from our schools, something like that. And yeah, I could do a school every single week and no doubt be full, maxed out mm-hmm. worldwide. So my hard problem with, with the riding school right now is saying no. I want to, you know, I've got three young kids. I want to spend time at home. I, you know, financially we're, we're quite set. So, you know, I just, but it's hard to say no to, to the, yeah. the money that's on, money that, that's available and, and the, the uh, demand of people that want to be be taught and you mm-hmm. feel an obligation, you want to help people out. So, yeah, but uh, you, know, you, you no doubt know it, but the travel sucks. The time away from home, you want to have weekends off. So, yeah, yeah I want to try and get to have a bit more of a normal lifestyle and get my weekends off and do what I want to do. And so I'm somewhat trying to progress into being semi-retired. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my goal, but... Yeah, it's, it's hard to make that happen. Uh, com. everybody go there, and we'll, we'll try to give you some more business, Shane, that you can try to turn down. Uh, please check yeah, it out on there for the Dirtwise uh, Academy uh, and everything else. You can contact Shane through that. Um, how much do you follow GNCC now? And Caleb Russell is the dominant guy over there, and uh, the tracks and the series, are you still into it? Or are you just kind of see the results and move on, or how's that go? No, mate, I'm... I'm a super fan, whether it's off-road, whether it's motocross, supercross, you know, world, motocross, world enduro, I hear, you know, Australian stuff. Like, I was up to speed on all the Australian off-road stuff and motocross stuff when I was living in America. Mm-hmm. Been here, I was here for 17 years. I know exactly what's going on. Yep. Yeah, I'm one of those super fans that yep, every, every day I've got I've got my bookmarks, I've got the Racer X side, I've got the, you know, Full Noise in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Enduro 21 from, from Europe, so... Yeah, I'm checking all that out all the time. So yeah, I'm I'm up to speed on it. And yeah, I tell you what, those guys at the GNC, those those guys are good. Those guys are so fast nowadays. It's it's great to see. I actually went to the one yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I I did a school in Boston. I was on my way to Michigan for okay. school, and I did did a Friday Saturday school in Boston. So the GNC was there in New York on on the Sunday. So I swung over. And I, 
borrowed a uh, KX450 from a mate and <laughs> went out and put a couple of laps in and that big bad mother of a thing beat me to a pulp and I was done after, <laughs> after a couple of laps, pulled it on in, I was happy with it. The, yeah, but it just reinforced me what GNCC is, which is, yeah, it's a mean mother of a track out there. And But those guys are so good. At, you know, you've, um, you've been, you know, big fans of all those guys mm-hmm. who, who ripped out their GNCC. Yeah, oh, that's good Good to hear. Um, so, before we get too far into this, you've gone out riding with Wygant a few times. Um, what's it like? How, how's Wygant looking? Well, if there's ever a definition of a shit show, that's him. <laughs> it's, it's, ah, Jesus. It, it's actually, you know, the guy, his form on the bike is impeccable. It's unbelievable. You look at him, geez, this guy, he's going to rip. And you get him out on the trail and he's just tagging trees and he's all over the place. So, yeah, I, I took, him, took him under my wheel a little bit like last year because uh-huh. um, I knew he was somewhat keen to ride and that and he, He's like the rest of us. We work weekends, so you got to ride during the week. So yep. I'm like, yeah, I was getting back in rides. All right, hey, Weege, come on out. And I sort of put, put him on, on the spot like every week. Come on, made him accountable. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And we rode three or four times. And the, the predominant track we rode at was fairly techos, like through the trees, but fairly one-lined in a bit of a rut. And I watched him, and it's just like unbelievable. Like <laughs> crashing here, there, everywhere. So after about the fourth time out, you know, fourth day we were riding, so, mate, what, what's going on? Yeah. Why, you know, why, why are you struggling for it? Because you look so good on the bike. Your form is, is, is awesome. Because, oh, yeah, I don't know, it's so hard. I'm, you know, to keep my elbows up, you know, stand up here, put my feet there, whatever this, that, whatever. I just, I said, there's your problem, mate. You're trying to think of all the things you have to do. You're yeah. not thinking about the actual track. I said, go back out there now, sit down. Let your feet drag behind you if you have to. Whatever, his elbows down. I don't give a crap. But focus on that front tire <laughs> right. and put it where it needs to be. Roar up! He went and like the you know the light went off. He's like, duh. I said, yeah, forget about all the crap and just go out and focus where you're going. So he was so much better after that. But um, so so I'm so he, he got to, I think the jeans said this year he, he got wood there. He finally got his little plaque and he, with his result, and he was happy about that. So right. I'm stoked for that. But yeah, if if there's if he knew any better, like back when he before I gave him those couple of points, if he knew any better, mm-hmm. he would have given up and taken up another sport. He was <laughs> he was atrocious, yeah. unbelievable. And give give him credit. He's yeah. he hasn't had much experience riding. And you'd, you'd think for the amount of knowledge he has for, for dirt bikes and the sport yeah. in general, yeah. he'd be a, a much better rider than what he is. So, um, but, yeah, he, he made good progress, and I just stoked to be able to get him out and get him riding and, and help him out and, and move him forward there. And just, yeah, just get, um, you know, bums on seats. That's what I, I loved. I mean, back in Australia, you know, the, the, the little town where I grew up there, there's not much going on. Um, in terms of the local bike club not developing the uh, the, the youth riders, the grassroots, and like when I went back there, we took our kids out to local school, uh-huh. you know, where they're going to go to school there, and and just for orientation day before they actually went there, and walking through the uh, the yard there, and, and all these little kids come up and go, "G'day, Shane, how's it going?" Yeah, yeah. Like, what? The- uh, it gave me like a full-on complex. Like <laughs> these kids should—they they should know me. I'm like, yeah. I'm way removed from these kids. But yeah, there's so many kids in Australia that are riding dirt bikes, and I was like blown away by it. 
So because of you know the local clubs not really doing anything to foster this, and these are these are the future of these kids are the future of the sport that they're going, we're going to lose them if, if we don't develop them. So that's why I'm out there doing. I, I do free ride days back there where I have 65 to 70 you know kids on XR80s, BS80s, TT01s. I just come out. I just give them a free days worth of riding and uh-huh. instruction just to just help grow the sport, just give back to the sport. So. You know, I just I just love getting people you know bums on seats and watching uh, watching the sport grow and trying to help the sport grow. So yeah, it's uh, oh, that's cool. I, I, yeah. I, I like doing that. Yeah. Um, hey, let's go back a little bit in the in the uh, in the time machine to when you started from Australia, as you said, uh, East or West Coast? East Coast, mate. East Melbourne. Coast. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Down south. Down south. Uh, about two hours east of Melbourne. Oh, okay. All right. So. At some point, like I know you from talking to you and knowing you over the years, you you started in moto, you motoed a lot, and then you worked into off road, and you started. How did that transition come about? How did you decide, like I like, because moto is the way for Chad Reed and Michael Byrne and, and Jeff Leesk and all these guys, and the same the Europeans and everything else. Moto is the way to get out of Australia. One would think. How did you start doing uh, off road? Well, that's where I started off with, actually. My dad, he won the uh, first national Australian Enduro Championship back in 77. Okay. And, yeah, so that's... I, I competed in motocross because that's all there was. You had to have a, a road license to do off-road back then to do Enduros. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so you had to be 18 years old. So the only competition for a kid was was start off with the, with the local bike club doing club days, little grass tracks, little motocross stuff. And then progressed into doing motocross. So that's how I grew up on okay. motocross. I would do do you know, do a local club event, a little regional motocross one weekend. Mm-hmm. I go right up the bush the next weekend. So so I was I was equally um, exposed to motocross and off road when I was a kid growing up, and that. But I never competed in because it wasn't possible until I got a road license. And then you know to to get a road license, I actually started competing a year early for off road. So I went up to New South Wales, there's the state above us, and you could get it a year earlier. So we knew some people up there, did the little dodgy thing, went down, got my license, and then I was able to compete a year earlier and um, yeah, progressed on through there. But I didn't really compete the first year anyhow because I kept breaking myself, <laughs> busting collarbones and stuff like doing, getting injuries and stuff like that. So, so And then obviously once from there, I, I did motocross and off-road and then my results just got better with the off-road so i steered that direction so that's how it came about oh okay all right so yeah you were like okay this is where it's gonna go um now in australia you you says according to your uh, bio here anyways six-time australian enduro champion and 97 world enduro champion how'd you make the jump from australia to the world uh was it through ktm like uh, starting supporting you more and finding you a home no it was me Okay. In my way. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so yeah, just yeah. just no, like I, um, just like Grant Langston and all these other guys, that's Chad Reed. That's kind of what they had to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I paid my way basically. <laughs> then I, I I left high school, went and worked at the uh, local oil and gas refinery. I did a trade there. I was a uh, process instrument technician, like a, a working on the the valves and the, uh-huh. all the process control equipment there. So I did my apprenticeship and. I wasn't interested in it. I was only using that because it was the highest paid apprenticeship in Australia. So I did that just to make money. I was just, 
right, doing my money, making the money, and then I was doing doing my racing. And then the, the last year of my apprenticeship, I went to Europe and did two rounds of the World Championship because by then I'd won the, uh, the Australian Euro Championship twice, maybe uh-huh. three times. So it's just for me, natural progression. Hey, well, I'm the best here. Let's go yep. over there. So I went and did two rounds and just got my ass handed to me so bad. It was, a, it was actually a defining moment. I, I don't realize it. Didn't realize at the time, but I realize it now. But the first round in, in France is uh, so mighty. It's it the hardest, one of the hardest events I've ever done. And first day, I. I, yeah, I got smoked. Thought I was going, yeah, do really good. The usual thing. Yeah. You're small. You're a big fish in a small pond. Going, going to the big pond, and uh, yeah, those guys ate me alive over there. And but yeah, that night because it was total mutter. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, and my cramps. Uh, uh, sorry, my my abs, my my guts were so cramped <laughs> up just from fatigue. I was crying like no shit. I was crying in the middle of the night. Just, ah, <laughs> I'm in agony. Ah. So second day, I go back out. We go along, and I'm about halfway through the day, and we come up to this intersection, and straight ahead was a was a paved road. Uh-huh. We turned left and went into the shit, back into the mud bogs and all that. I knew where we were because we'd been out walking the special test. I knew. Uh-huh. I stopped. I sat there for a minute. Not a. What am I going to do here? Ah. Either I turn left, yep. I go into the shit, and I keep going, or I go straight, I pack it up, and I head back to Australia, and that's it. Yep. And what did I do? Turn left. Yeah. Went into the shit. So into the shit. <laughs> that, that, that was the defining moment of like, all right, see, because everyone knew if I went straight, that's it, I'll go back to Australia, tail between my legs. Yep. Everyone goes, you, you, you suck, you, you, you gave up, and I said, that's it. But... Just because of who I am, I'm, fuck, I'm a fighter. So yeah. I turned left, went into the shit, got my ass handed to me. So I went home, you know, the rest of the year, finished my apprenticeship, and then mm-hmm. yeah, next year went it went ahead and went went to Europe, paid my way to Europe, and spent the whole year over there, or did the whole season of World Championship, mm-hmm. and came home, went and worked on the oil rigs in in the off season, made more money, went back over, paid my way. Wow. Until finally, I've yeah, finally I've got yeah, got enough money and support and all the results that came. It took me three years before I well, the third year I won the world championship. But like my second year there, I was riding two fifty uh, class, a premier class. I ended up third in world championship. And what my bonus from TKM was is they brought me a, a plane ticket to Finland for the ISDE. Okay, yeah, that, that was my bonus, three hundred dollar yeah. bonus. Right. Yeah, and that, that's all I got out of KTM apart from bikes and parts for the year. I got third in World Championship, and they brought me a $300 airfare to Finland. <laughs> that was my bonus. So the, if that gives you any indication of what kind of support I had mm-hmm. in those first two years in Europe, I paid my whole way. Where'd, yeah, you, uh, my where'd you live? My savings from work. Where'd you live? I lived in, I lived in the... Above the, the, the warehouse, the, the, the KTM importer in Italy. Okay. Uh, I lived there uh-huh. with with the race team manager, and I ate the said this you know, the 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 the, uh, the used parts if you want to if you want to call that like mm-hmm. secondhand pasta. Like they'd have their lunches in at lunchtime down to all the workers, and what was left over, I'd eat that for dinner. And uh-huh. I'd, you know, I remember taking one time back there, I took a gear bag full of Raymond noodles from Australia, or like you know the yeah. two minute noodles. Yep, yep. Yeah, they were thirteen cents a pack. I took a whole gear bag worth of them with me, and that's what I ate for lunch. 
because I didn't spend money. <laughs> the, wow. It was like, I have a looking lot of, back now, yeah. Going, yeah, looking back now, like, God, that was pitiful. That was, that was shocking. I could do, I could have done better than that, but I was just, um, yeah, I'm not spending money. I'm just here racing them, and Jesus, that's what I had when I was when I was living there. Mm-hmm. Those first couple, of, all three years, I had no no vehicle, no nothing. I showed up, I had two gear bags, yeah, and the importer he loaned me his own kid's two fifty two stroke as a practice bike. He's a motocross bike, full ratted out motocross bike. Yeah, and that's what I had as a practice bike, and I'd just sit around at the warehouse waiting for someone to take me riding whether it's Fabio Farioli or whether it was Giovanni Sala, the team rider, if they felt like they wanted to come and pick me up, I just sat there. <laughs> sat there all day, all week, just waiting for someone to take me a ride. It was, yeah, it was pretty amazing. It was oh. amazing story. If I, I wish I could go back and do it again and do it differently with what I know now. But mm-hmm. That's just where I was with it, my stage of my life and what I needed to do. And, yeah, I wish I could go back and experience things a, a lot better. And, yeah, but anyhow. That's, that's, that's funny that's you say that because I do have some questions related to that later on this podcast. So that's funny that, that you bring that up, that you would do it differently because I, I have some questions. Um, so the ISDE in 98, where was it? Yeah, I was actually in Australia, close to where I grew up, about 45 minutes from where I grew up. Oh, I didn't, okay, all right. So you win the overall on a 125. Now, how much of that was home track advantage, hometown advantage? Uh, it was zero, okay. uh, pretty much, apart from apart from the fact that everyone rides better in their own country. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, world championship, you go to Portugal, the Portugal riders ride three to four places higher than where they usually do. So if they're tenth place normally, they ride up in sixth or fifth place, whatever it is. So apart from that being hometown advantage in terms of that, um, yeah, but yeah, that's the thing like with the RSD more so um you see the home country they go ahead and let their own riders practice on the special stages on mm-hmm. the special test to get an advantage and all that. Well I made it very clear that I wasn't gonna do that Oh, jeez, I'm sorry, mate. I'm cramping up because I just did a 100K push ride. <laughs> i got a massive leg cramp right now. Oh, what a shocker. So anyhow, bear with me as I, as I get through this. But, um, yeah, so I want to make sure that I, I, if I was to win that event, which I, which I was pretty certain I was going to, yep. I was going to do it legit. And um, the Australian team, they had training days down there on the special test. I lived 45 minutes away. I didn't show up. The whole Australian <laughs> team was there. Yeah. I didn't show up. <laughs> nope, not going. Not going to do it. Come. Yeah. you got to come. I was, nope, not doing it. Didn't go. There's no way that I was going to go do it. And, um, yeah, so, I, and so, yeah, there's no hometown advantage in terms of that. And, yeah. And, you know, inter- interesting story to that. Like, at the end of 97, I had the ISDE. I, I, I had my first um, ACL blowout. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so I I had a uh, ACL reconstruction when I got back to Australia. And, um, yeah, six weeks later, me being me, thinking that I was totally superhuman and invincible, I go out and I start riding again, like six weeks after an ACL. Like, jeez, oh, mate, what a, what a dickhead. Yeah. But anyhow, <laughs> so I was doing, doing, doing a little riding school, um, just helping out with someone. Um, and, yeah, popped a wheelie, put my foot down, bust my ACL. So... Straight back in surgery, did it again. Like you got another ACL. Yeah. Um, then uh, two months later, I did it again. I mind you, I didn't do any rehab at all. Sat around doing nothing. Just 
just just my mentality, which helped me out for a lot of things, but was really detrimental in other things that, um, yeah, didn't do no rehab, no strength, no nothing like that. So anyhow, did three uh, ACLs in three and a half months or something like that. So I, I you know, actually went back to World Championship in early 98 and, and busted it at the, third, at the second round in April. So... Went back to Australia, got mm-hmm. another reconstruction, <laughs> and actually did it right this time. Uh-huh. Did the rehab, took time off until ooh, I got the green light in early September to start riding again. So I waited another three or four weeks just to like get my brain there, trying to do it right. Right. Started riding, so the, the ISD was in November. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't ridden for essentially a year, you could say. Yeah. And, um, yes, yeah, so that was my first race, race back was at ISD in Australia. So, you know, the first day I was a little uncertain on myself and I ended up third overall. I won my class. Mm-hmm. But once I saw that and, like, oh, is this, do I have a good day or not? Because you're always a little uncertain racing the clock. And, um, yeah, once I saw the results, results at the end of that, I said, that's it, it's on. And yep. day two was where, you know, an area where, where I grew up was, you know, quite sandy, I whooped out, and I, I love sand, I love whoops, all that. And um, so, yeah, I went ahead and just totally smashed everyone second day, and it was, it was on from there, and, yep. yeah. It was it was the best I've ever ridden. It's wow. It's one. Yeah. It's it's those times now. Like I, you know, you, I've still got a bit of a recollection on the feelings <laughs> I had. Yeah, yeah. Of the the, the invincibility, just that you could uh, could do no wrong. All we've all had those days where you say, I just can't do anything wrong. Just it, the tires won't slide out. Everything's just great. And and I and, you know seriously. I'd probably give give my left nut to be able to go back and do, do it again, and, yeah, and get get that have that feeling one yeah. more time. Yeah, it was, it was it was great. So yeah, that was a it was a special moment, and you know, a little bit disappointed in myself that I didn't take take it in more at, at the moment. Like I, did, yeah, yeah. I didn't recognize the importance of it and all that. So yeah. Um, I'm a little disappointed in that I, I was like, oh, yeah, just another race win. Yep, right, whatever. Sounds good. Let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. And I, I wish I savored the moment a little bit more then. Uh, so were you – was it the ISDE win that got you to America in 99 with KTM, or were they already promising you that because you won the world title, or how did that go? Did that open the doors to the American GNCC career? Nope. No, no, no. I was, I was supposed to be in America in 98, actually. But oh, okay. those need. Yep. Knee reconstructions. I, I I actually had a contract for '98 okay. uh, to be uh, over here in America, but um, yeah, I had those those issues with the knee, so I put that off and I went back to World Championship. Like I said, I busted my ACL again mm-hmm. in the second round, but no, I actually came over in '97 okay. and did a couple of races and all that, and yep. and um, yeah. As, so yeah, I was already heading to America in '98, but yeah, got got aboard. So basically, all of '98 was a wash because of all that knee stuff. So uh, you know, finished off with the ISDE. But yes, yeah, so and then it just flowed straight into '99. Then I I picked up on what should have been my '98 contract, so to speak. How does the GNCC American Series in '99 and 2000 and all that? How does that compare to? Uh, Australian enduro series. I mean, enduro and GCCs are a different type of racing. But like, how's the terrain and the race format? I mean, was it a a big change for you to go to a GNCC style type of racing, or what? Like, I'm help me out here. How, how did it compare to other stuff you were doing? No, nah, mate. You just get on the bike and twist the throttle. Right, because because enduros <laughs> are like check, enduros are checkpoints. You know, you got to be on time and yeah. you got to be and all that. I understand that part of it, but. 
So there's nothing that you raced like GNCC in Europe and in Australia? We had a couple of GNCC-style races in Australia, but... Okay. Uh, but, no, it was... It was just, uh, yeah, you, you, they drop the flag, you, you fire up and you go for it. And, yeah, okay. You know, first God to the flag wins. Right, right. <laughs> but, so it's, it's the same thing. You, you pin it to win it. Yeah. So, yeah, a different style of racing. And, and, and nowadays the riders have become a lot more specific, specialized in, yep. in, in those different styles of racing. But for me it wasn't an issue. Maybe that's why I could jump around between ISD World Championship GNCC because to me I just did, I didn't recognize a difference and to me it's just hey yeah kick her in the guts and and you know go fang it and see you know take the victory that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the way it is but but now there is quite a difference in in the formats and all that but yeah um, for well, those type of things I, I don't recognize that stuff I just I just go because for victory. So having known you known you a little bit over the years this is probably a dumb question. But when you landed in America and you're full-time GNCC in 99 before you got hurt, and, of course, 2000, you won the title, you weren't intimidated. You were like, cool, right? Like, this is awesome. Because I know, you know, some guys might be like, oh, I'm in America. It's the biggest form of off-road racing here in America. and blah, blah, blah. But not you. You're not intimidated, really. You're just like, cool, right on, let's race. Yeah, yeah, not, not intimidated. Sure, I got those. The, the, the second guessing in your brain, like how am I going to stack up here, whatever it is. But um, you know, and and but for me, I look at someone right and going, yep, I can do that. Or you see, if someone's faster than you, why can't I do that? You know, mm-hmm. that's that's my mentality. It's always yep. been my mentality. So, oh, geez, I'm just not as good as them. I mean, you know, I nowadays I, I watch the Supercross or you know motocross or off road, and I look at some that was pretty cool. Yeah, I could do that, but realistically, <laughs> no, I couldn't. Those right, right. So good. That's just my mentality. Like, why can't I do it? So, <laughs> so yeah, I came over here and. And and that that didn't didn't bode well for me. I suppose you could say with other riders over here. That do, yeah, do I was going to get. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get into that because you piss people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You you want me to cover that now? Or yeah, yeah. Go ahead later? because there were some guys well, that they did not like Shane Watts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then more so from from the the the, the, the upper level guys, the, the championship level guys. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I came in and. Like yeah, I don't care who you are. You know, Rodney Smith, Fred Andrews, Steve Hatch, Randy Hawkins. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go beat you. That's just the yeah. way it is. And yeah. and at that time, it seemed like such there's a hierarchy. Like you you had to kiss ass. You had to hi Rodney, hi, how's it going, mate? Oh yeah, you're so good, sort of type of thing. Uh-huh. What of it? It's, that's what it seemed like to me. Yeah. And I didn't fit into their into their clique. I didn't. It was like a, it was a stepping stone process. You to come for two years, you had to do your time before you could start beating these guys, before you could pass these guys, anything like that. But no, no, I'm coming in, I'm doing my thing, I'm going for it. And I didn't go go out of my way to go you know, say hello to them or suck up to them and all that. Yeah. And that's why I end up with the, the, the B-level riders, I suppose you could say, like the Brian Garahans and, and those guys and, and uh-huh. Pat Garahan, those guys, they're the guys I'd hang out with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're into having a good time and and yeah, we'd go out and we'd party and we'd do all that and we but Yahoo and, and you would like to sort of the black sheep, but yeah. I got away with it because I was winning races. Those other guys they they, they got they were yeah. you know, we wouldn't say hated by the industry but no. they had yeah. so much harder time getting support. You know, it's the, the, the old thing is yeah. if you're winning you can do whatever the hell you want and then I was winning so 
And I remember back like to 97 when I came over here and I did a couple of GNCs. Like one of them I was going to is in Pennsylvania. I was driving in the box van with Jack Penton. Oh, yeah. He was my pit crew for the day. Yeah, old Jack Penton. Jack, And we're driving along and he's going, hey, yeah. Just a word of warning, though. If Scott Summers, if he comes up to pass you, just just move over. Just let him go because he'll take you out. He he's got that big XR six hundred, and he's a big guy, and he'll just blow right through you. Yeah, okay, right. That sounds good, right? Yeah. So, with second lap, it's a mutter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going down this part of the trail. There's the quad track, so there's two trails there, obviously. Yeah. Because of the mutter, we were both slotted in. We slotted in. I'm on one side. Come down. And Summers is the only guy with the four-stroke back yeah. then. So I come along, he can come down beside me, and there's a left turn at the end. I'm in the left lane, he's in the right. He's come down to pass me. I just remembered what Jack Penton said. So as he come up right beside me, just put my elbow under, underneath his elbow and just give it to him and peel him off in the tree and just wipe him out. Just, <laughs> you know, screw you, bro. Just, you know, I don't, I don't, like, dickhead reason for doing it, but the only reason I did it, just to prove to myself that Jack Penton was wrong. Yeah. Like, I'm not intimidated by you. Like, you know, I'm like, big move. Like, hey, did I need to do that summers? No, I didn't. But mentally to me, yes, I did. Because, yeah, yeah. hey, I'm not scared of none of these guys. They're right. like that. So, yeah, classic, classic, um, dumb, not a dumb, dumb thing by me, but it was part of who I yeah, was. Yeah, part of, yeah. Um, the, the, the 2000 season when you won, you and Rodney, Going at it, uh, a lot of chirping in the press. I loved it. It was great. I was on KTM then, and uh, and you were out back. And I remember, like, people think this is a joke, but you used to take bikes out of crates, and FMF was your sponsor. But the FMF, the, the KTM came with a plated pipe, so nobody knew stock. So you could run that. You didn't have to work on that. You would change the tires out, uh, run stock bars with a crossbar pad of the whoever you were sponsored by tag or somebody, and you would win the race. It was phenomenal. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, exactly what you would do. And then you would take a different CC of bike. You won on everything, right? Was there one you didn't win on, or no. everything? No. Yeah, well, KTM ran an ad at the end of the season, which bike didn't shame what's win, and showed me popping a wheelie on one of the 50 juniors. And that, that was the answer. <laughs> that was that, that's what I didn't win on was the 50 junior. You know, so, but yeah, I won on won on, on all of them. And but that's who I was. I yeah. just got on the bike and and stock suspension, all that. Oh, just, it, it stock grips, stock it. grips. Yeah, I everything. mean. Yeah. yeah, no, I watched you prep a bike for the for one race out of a crate. It was awesome. You loved it. Um that and that and that I think Shane drove the your competitors crazy also. <laughs> but it was true. Your bikes were yep. bone stock out of a crate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's but the, 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 the bikes were good, and that, that was the time when KTM come out with the ready to race slogan that you uh-huh. know, they, they still stick with. And whether it was because of me or whether it's coincidence, I, I can't remember back. But if it wasn't because of me, if it was coincidence they come out with that ready to race at, at around about that same time, I definitely validated, gave it validity. Yeah. To, yeah. And and they, I, I sold KTM so many bikes because of that. And yeah, it's because it was ready to race. Because I'd yeah, I'd yeah. pull it out and we'd make sure we'd let let everyone know straight out of the box. Yeah, go straight to the top of the podium. And so yeah, some 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 good things. But yeah, I, I was I was fine with the bikes. I had no problem with stock suspension and all that sort of type thing. I mean, geez, I remember the the four hundred four stroke that year of the uh, yeah, when I did win in in year two thousand. Uh, it was a round seven maybe in uh-huh. Kentucky. 
I was up to, I'd already been through the 125 and the 200 and the 252 stroke, already won by them on those things. So onto the four, the 400 mm-hmm. four stroke, and I'd never ridden a four stroke before. Never, <laughs> never ridden one before. Right. So <laughs> get, get in the box on the Thursday, whatever it is, maybe it's the Friday, but you know, yep. Thursday, get them, get them, pull it out, put it together, ride it for half an hour on the Friday. And when I was riding it, I went to wheelie across the creek where I was riding. Mm-hmm. I got, lost my balance a little bit, put my left leg out again, jammed it into the creek bed, blew my ACL. Oh, that really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. But it's on the Friday. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, jeez, here we go. Yeah. Oh, well, screw it. But, but by then, they'd, they'd done another procedure to my knee because I'd already been through so many of them. Maybe yeah. it, that might actually... No, that was my fifth one. Sorry. Jeez. Fifth ACL it was. Yes, I'd, I'd been through so many of them that they'd done another procedure to my knee, which helped hold my knee together. So I blew it out and... So it wasn't sloppy anymore because of the, uh, the previous procedure, surgical procedure they did. So no worries, sir. I didn't tell no one. I just, yep, all right, rode back to the truck, mm-hmm. yep, parked it. No worries. Yeah, um, went out Friday night, chasing chicks. Chase <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All nighter it was. And um, rolled back in at 7 a.m. after you know, getting dropped off by the, the one chick and whatever it is. And, yeah, went out to the track and, yeah, you, you know, eyes are not good and everyone's looking at me going what yeah. the hell is this guy so anyhow we right. go, go out and um sunday we've got the race so mind you i've ridden this 400 four shirt that i've never ridden a four shirt before straight out of the box and i get out and go ride and i'm doing the race and finally i, I get get the mojo going and i'm yep coming up towards the you know, last lap i'm following doug blackwell he's ripping it. he's in the lead i'm in second uh-huh. Spit the rock up, hit me right in the end of my knob. I was like, oh, I was like, dear dink, I was never going to pull over. I was like, excruciating pain. I'm like, yeah, half a lap. I got it, I got it. Suck it up, you got it. So yeah. I got going. And then, yeah, but a mile from the end, made the pass, took the victory on, on, the, on the 400. 400 so, yeah. yeah, but when you put that in perspective of <laughs> blown out knee, brand new bike, never ridden, straight out of the crate. Yeah. Like I said, put stickers on it, put the bar pad on it, yep. put, you know, didn't change nothing at all, no clickers, no nothing. Yeah, cop one in the knob and then go ahead and, you know, all nighter <laughs> before it and yeah. then take victory. That summed me up on who I was. It, it really was. What I did, just, just yeah. the unique things that I did. Um, which, which size bike did you like? Did you prefer? 125, I guess? Yeah, yep. I'm a little boy in a big world, so yep. yeah, I like the smaller capacity bikes. Just yep. purely because I I can ride the bike more to its limit. I feel like I, I can ride more to its potential. Whereas the the big bikes, yeah, I, I'm like a you know, flag in a tornado flapping off the back of it. And <laughs> I can ride them good. Yep. Well, I used to be able to ride them good, not so much anymore. So I've lost a lot of confidence and, and all that. And um, but yeah, I I just prefer the smaller bike just just because of. It, it's, it brings me enjoyment. I, I yeah. just love ripping them. Yeah. Uh, Shane Watts on the uh, F, uh, on the Fly Racing uh, Racer X podcast, presented by Alpine Star Protects, GNCC champion, ISTE champion, World Enduro champion. Shane Watts, listen to this commercial for Race Tech and Michelin Star Cross Five. Use the code PulpMX17 to save at uh, Race Tech and Michelin Star Cross Five, of course. And we'll be right back after this uh, with more Shane Watts greatness. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. 
Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on Racer X. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Race Tech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Race Tech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hit a motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet? You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And we're back, flyracing.com, RacerX Alp, uh, podcast, Alpine Star Protects, Shane Watts on the line. I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Shane, how bad did it get at times with Rodney? Like, I seem to remember it being pretty gnarly. Did it? Did you guys actually hate each other? Did you ever talk, or was it just that was it? Yeah, I just didn't care for the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he didn't he care for you? shit on me. Yeah, yeah. just didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't care for the guy at all. Didn't have any reason to associate with him. You know, like, hey, nice guy. I've, yep. you know, I know him a little bit after after racing. Nice guy, but he's a bit, bit of a bitch he is and all that. So, you know, talking shit. And, yeah, they were just in, those guys were in their own little clique. And then, you know, you add in Fred Andrews, who's, who's the biggest bitch of them all. And, yeah, I couldn't stand that guy. And um, so, yeah, I yeah, that, that were the two 
number one, number two riders yeah. in the series. Then they, they, they were the they were the go to guys for if if you wanted to win a championship. So yeah, I just yeah did my own thing, stayed away from them, and and uh, yeah, I was just. Just, you know, every, yeah, just, so so it was real. It, it was real. The the rivalry and the the you know the things that we saw yep. and heard that was real. Like you guys didn't, were not fans at all. Um, oh yeah, I, I I had no problem like talking shit about the guy like on the podium and all that. Like hey, you, you, yeah, I, I don't care for you. I don't like you. Right, you, right. You, you're, I think I think you're a bit of you know, quite a dickhead actually. I think so, you know, at the time. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. I think people uh, really thought the, the taking the bike out of a crate was just bullshit propaganda, and I always like in that series. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I watched it. It's really happens. That's what he does. He takes bikes out of crates and go wins races. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, that, that that thing like with the, like the one two five when I first came over and and you know, we we the you know, first time in in early '99 was we had doing the dirt rider 24 hour test. Showed up there, bikes in crate with. You know, we just driven from Ohio, got the box van, drove out there, put the bikes together, all that, and you know, went to go. I uh, got the invite from Mike Webb and mm-hmm. Rodney Smith and Fred Andrews, those guys, because then they didn't know me. That was, like, that was the first time I did, yeah, yeah. talked to them. Oh, who's this Shane Watts guy? Maybe they're probably trying to bait me up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's take him out and you know, you know, lay the smackdown on him because yeah. they took me out to Bean Canyon. Don't know if you've heard yeah. of that. I've yeah. been there, Bean I've been Canyon, there. Out, in, yeah. out in the SoCal desert and just all hill climbs. And that's all they do is just go hill climbing. So I'm out there on my one to five and just making all the hills they they were as well. And it's not making them better than what they were on their 252 strokes. Uh-huh. And yeah, they're all like, you know, I, you know, I'd hear back from Fred Andrews that he's saying, that's not a factory, that's not a stock bike, that's a factory bike, there's no way you could make it up. Like, no, mate, I got better skill than you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got better skill. That's what, what it is there. And so, yeah, oh. that, 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 that's, a, you know, that's funny about that. But then after that, I sort of realized who those guys were and what, mm-hmm. what they were about. I'm like, yeah, I'm staying away from these guys. So you win the 2000 GNCC series, the uh, first time you've raced the whole series. Like you said, you got hurt in 99. You've won the ISDE. You won the World Enduro Champion. I mean, at this point, Shane Watts is the number one off-road rider in the world. And, I mean, was for you, were you like, okay, I'm just going to keep racing the GNCC series for years for now? Were you looking? I mean, we know what kind of happened, and you got injured a bunch, and you lots of wins, but you couldn't repeat the title. But were you looking elsewhere at this time, or were you like, "Hey, I'm I'm okay with this American thing," and and again, being probably the number one off-road rider in the world? Yeah, I was definitely looking elsewhere. I was looking to get away from the sport. That's what I was looking. Yeah, I was burn out. Oh yeah, burn out. Done. I was done before I even got to America. Yeah. In terms of yeah, I was way too much overtraining when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I was just so so not you know so so much desire. And I'm um, like, you know, it's a classic thing. Is people say, you know, used to see me back when I was working at the, the, the at the, you know, at oil and gas refinery, and they say, yeah. you're never going to turn pro. You're going to turn pro. And my answer was, no, no, I don't want to turn pro because I don't want to, you know, have the money side of things or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't want that pressure or that sort of type thing. But all of a sudden, four years later, I'm pro because I just followed my. Yeah. I just wanted to be better at what I was doing, and next thing I'm in America or you know. Was Europe doing world championship, winning the world championship? Then yeah. next thing I'm, I'm in America. So, but yeah, by the time I got there, like like I said, when I went to Europe, like before I went there, went to Australia, I trained so much, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, that that's that's what got me to where I was because I'm a 
I'm a repetitive guy, then I have to do something so many times to learn to learn the precision. I'm not naturally talented, if you want to call it that way. And so, yeah, now it's very natural for me because I've done it so many times. But mm-hmm. yeah, and, and so doing all that hard work back in the younger years is yeah, help definitely helped me out. But by the time I got, you know, when I was in Europe, I sat around there just by by the, the way, way my lifestyle was because I had didn't spend money, I didn't have transport or all that sort uh-huh. of thing. And by the time I got to America, I was pretty much over it and I was, I was done. And, and the, the big kicker out of it was that I got to America, I didn't do any training or anything like that, and I, I won all those races when I first came mm-hmm. to sheer determination and will. And you know, I'd go out there and I'd be so tired, but I'd just like, I got this, yeah, I'd just bust through <laughs> and just use mental strength to go ahead and, and, and you know, make, make huge, you know, to, to pass everyone. Like I said before about that four-stroke yeah. Kentucky GC thing. Yeah. Like, hey, it took me a while to get the mojo. Essentially, it'd take me three laps to get into it because at the beginning, I'd be just over it. I'm just, I don't want to be here. I remember sitting on, many times sitting on the start line, they always say with the announcement before the, the flag drops out, yeah, if you, uh, if you feel unsafe out here, you don't mm-hmm. want to have any, you know, whatever it is, go back to the sign-up and we'll give you your money back. Yeah. No, no shit. <laughs> I had my Kickstarter out, foot on the Kickstarter, so much, like, on the pro road, ready to start my bike up and road bike and get my, ride back to the tra- to the trailer and get my money back because I just didn't want to be there. Wow. And then, yeah. then, yeah, two laps in, I just, hey, yeah, make a pass, and then, all right, that's it. There we go. Right. And, you know, and, and like, you know, John Ayers, who's, who's the commentator back then for GNCC, yeah, he's, uh, it's a shame what strategy he lets, he takes it easy for, for, for the first couple of laps, and then he charges at the end. No, mate, no. it's because I didn't want to be there. <laughs> I was over it, and then all of a sudden I make a pass on someone, and I go, hey, yeah, yeah, let's go for it now. Like, you, know, you get that yeah, little yeah. spunk, and then, sure. then I'd you know, go for it and pin it. So, yeah, it's... Um. Uh, uh, I remember. Uh, Sorry, I got sidetracked. There. What was your original question? Yeah, just so GNCC title in two thousand. You you were done. You were like you kept racing and you got hurt. You never yeah. won another title. You oh, won yeah. races, but but really like you saw the end coming. Like you're like I don't know how much more I can keep doing this. Mm. No, no, no. I, I I was just just burnt out, and like I said, I was using mental strength to to get the victory. So that's the thing. In two thousand and one, uh-huh. I went ahead and. You know, I, I started off, I won the first race, and then maybe we won the second race, got a second on the next one. And we're down to, we're into uh, the fourth, or maybe the fifth race by then. We're at Loretta's and took off from the start, crashed in the first corner. I was last. Headlight fell off because obviously I ran the headlight. All these other <laughs> clowns that ride, run with motocross front number plate, but right. you know, I'm running off-road race here. I'm on an enduro bike. Got to use the headlight. You know, it's right. part, part of the, all of the, you know, the aura around Shane. Once I do stuff like that just to get the cloud involved. Right, right. And, you know, that'd be just like, Shane, why is he so cool? And I'm still living off stuff like that. Like, you know, so yeah. it's, um, so anyhow, okay. headlight yeah. falls off. I, I get going and by, by, the, by the pit stop, halfway through the race, I'm in the lead. Mm-hmm. Past everyone. I caught back up like 30 seconds, a minute behind, whatever it is. Catch a run. Pull into the pits, stop, get off my bike, just walk away. That was that was the moment right there. Really? I, was just, I don't, yep, I don't I was remember fine. that. I don't remember that, yep. but I thought that was... That I was, was, yeah. I was yep, leading the championship and all that. And um, 
Yes, it was round five. And I had come in, stopped the pit stop. It was a hot day. I was overheating. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't have a... I, that, that's what broke me mentally, if you want to call it there. I yeah. broke myself from my lack of training. I, I can't put the mental strength into keep going. And like I said, I got off the bike and just walked away. Walked down to the front of the box van, sat on the ground next to the front wheel, and just sat there. Johnny Ayers comes over with the microphone doing the PA thing. He's, what's wrong, Shane? Watch out. Yeah, what's up? You injured yourself. I said, no, mate. Just done. Had enough. That's it. <laughs> so, That's it. That was it. So, pull pull yeah, the pin. Yeah, that, yeah, that was it, just right there. Mm-hmm. But you know, I kept going uh, for the years after that because I was making such good money. I had yeah. to say no to that money. What, and, uh, what, and like that, what kind of money were you pulling in? What kind of money were you pulling in? Uh, top, you know, uh, in, in, in those after winning the championship there, mm-hmm. those next couple of years, I was in the three fifty, four hundred thousand somewhere. Oh, nice, around. yeah, like that's a, awesome. Yeah, yeah, like one hundred seventy-five from KTM as a sign-on as. It was sixty high sixties with from MSR yeah. and then you know like seventeen grand from FMF and sure. another twenty grand from Scott Goggles and right, right. whatever I see. Yeah, I was making really good money and and you know, looking back now, you know, those next four or five years, I was just taking people's money and like, yeah, I feel bad about that. Like <laughs> and like it's like, geez, I should pay these guys their money back. That was that was shocking because I wasn't putting the effort in. Like, did I lose my skill over those next four or five years and never you know, couldn't win no. championships again? No, no, I didn't. I was just over it. And I just need to, what I need to do, I need to walk away for four or five years. Mm-hmm. Get, you know, get a, you know, the problem was I didn't have a balanced lifestyle because I was so focused on racing and all that or on dirt bikes that I didn't experience other parts of life. I needed to go experience that, get myself balanced, and then come on back. And that's what happened in. You know, 2007 came back. You know, I was balanced. I had uh, you know some good training, minimal training over over winter. Yep, yep. Came back, won won the first race. To, you know, doing good, but then by then I, I was just over it again, just because of the the increased training. I had to do. So that's why I gave away early, you know, yep. quarter way through, third way through 2007. But yeah, from 2001, from the Loretta's race through the rest. Yeah, that's. Flashes of you know glimpses of, yeah, yeah. Of, of the of, of the of the original Shane Watts, but yeah, I just mentally couldn't do it, and I just need someone there. I needed like Rod Bush, who's the president of KTM. Someone just come on, kick me in the ass, or sit right. me down first, and say, "What is problem? You don't lose that kind of skill, that kind of speed, those kind of results, unless there's something going on." They so I need someone to sit me down and say, "All right, this is what we need to do. We're gonna get someone to get you in shape." We're going to get you the head straight. We're going to get you some yep. bookers, right. whatever it is. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, you know, you know, get this, this girl. We know this girl. She can be your girlfriend, whatever it was. Right, you know? right. And, and, and yeah, I, I would have won so many more races. There'd be, there'd be a lot more race wins against my name and championships against my name. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, in you know, hindsight, I'm, that's the way way it is. And if if I knew what I knew, if I knew back then what I know now, yeah, yeah it would be a different story in in, in the record books. It would be. I'll tell you what, though, I I know what your problem was, Watts, and I used to just shake my head at you. You're the you're making that kind of money. You're winning races. You're winning the title, and you are living in the back of KTM out of a box van. 
You're showering with a garden hose over a basketball hoop. You're eating uh, noodles on a hot plate. You had the one side yeah. that worked on the hot plate and the one side that didn't. Um, Hotty and naughty. Hotty and naughty. And Hotty and naughty. Like, like, what are you doing? I know you were just trying to save money, I guess. That was your big thing. Like, I remember we used to make fun of you, and you'd be like, I'm putting it all away, mate. I'm putting all my money away. But, like, you made your life hard on yourself when you didn't have to. Uh, maybe that was it, Watts. <laughs> no, no, I didn't make my, my life hard on me at all. I still live that way. That's who I am. Really? Simple okay. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. And, 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 like, hey, we, I played it up a lot. It was a lot more than what, what it maybe seemed because it spoke to the off-road community. and. Uh-huh. And that's why I've got this following from the off-road riders. Still, like I said earlier, people still bring those stories up, and and they're a little exaggerated. Some of the stories they bring up, I'm like, I'll go along with that. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, why but, not? But but I'm still living off that because I've got that that aura around me, and people you know people want to come to my riding schools now, and I'm living off those one or two years when I first came over here. And did those things, and like I said, but I still do that. I, yeah. I go to my riding schools when I when I take my van, just a little simple Ford van. Uh-huh. I sleep in the back. I got a simple mattress in the back. I got a sleeping bag, and <laughs> that's it. I uh, that's 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 who I am. I I I I only need the simple things. So no, that wasn't an issue whatsoever. I mean, yeah, but. I used to just I used to just laugh because you're the McGrath of off road racing, and you are living like you are a bum. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mr. Me and Mr. Penton, we used to be out there. He'd be out there cutting the grass. Oh yeah, yeah. We used to sit down and have a good old bullshit session. Me and Mr. Oh. Penton out there, and yeah, but yeah, I lived out the back, lived in the box van, and yeah, like you said. But yeah, and that's the thing. I I didn't have anywhere else to go. I was mm-hmm. putting the money away and all that. But yeah. you know, like you know, classic story as well. Like back in World Championship days, back in '97, when I did win the World Championship. Um, I won like the second last round in Sweden. I um, I had a couple of mates from Australia, two guys, Damo and 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 the other Damo. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they, they were having, they, they were racing World Championship, uh, just the two rounds, just to check it out, all that sort of type of thing. And they're doing it on the cheap, didn't have any money, so you know we get to the last round. I've just already won the World Championship the, the, the round before, but the last round they're there. They bring their swags over. I don't know what you know what that is. A swag. It's like a it's a mattress and a sleeping bag and a canvas sack sort of type thing. That's okay. what Australia's got. You camp out instead of you don't need a tent. It's just a firm roll up in the form of a tent sort of type of thing. So everyone's got their swag. So <laughs> yeah, they bring their swags over. Okay, I know these guys. They're my mates. I'm gonna hang with them. So they're sleeping underneath the KTM truck in their swag. I had my swag with me as well, yeah. obviously. Right. So. Here we are on the Friday night before the World Championship last round, Saturday night, Sunday night, in our swags, sleeping under, because <laughs> it's pissing down rain at night, sleeping under the KTM transport. And I'm like, you imagine Ken Rocks? And no. oh, yeah, hey, I've got a couple of German mates coming over here. I just won the championship last weekend. Yeah. I'm sleeping under the truck this weekend at the last <laughs> round. And that's, that's just the way it was. That's just who I am. Like, I'm not going to go get a motel. And right. yeah, there's a little extra money for, for me you know, in, in, yeah. in the bank. Oh, all good. I'm. I'm fine with it. So no, Steve, you're wrong. That that wasn't the issue. <laughs> the issue is me being burnt out. I was, I was a lazy fucker. That's what it was. I didn't train uh-huh. because I was burnt out on on the whole thing, and I just yeah. Um, uh, 
Remember, uh, we used to be able to ride up metal arcs. We'd go down to railroad tracks, yeah. and there was that little you and Eddie Ray. Eddie Ray should have been working on his yeah. bike. Instead, he was him and him and you would just moto down. You guys loved it. Yeah, you guys just loved yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I really, I really liked it because I actually had someone to ride with, and I was like, hey, I finally got someone to ride with and hang out with. And you, it was great having these guys around whenever you come to the warehouse there and yeah. hanging out. We had some good bullshit sessions, and Eddie was keen to ride. And so it sort of goes back to the Weege thing. It's like, yeah, that's why. So, hey, come on, Weege, let's go ride. But, yeah, me and Eddie would go down, and he'd be on his YZ426 or whatever it was, getting ready for Loretta's. And right. I'd be on my ATM125, or at one stage they brought that old that yep. sleeve down yeah. ATM five twenty, that two fifty. What was that first thing? Generate, yeah, what? first generation two fifty F with a five twenty <laughs> sleeve down there, old RFS motor sleeve down there. It was the biggest turd of a bike ever. <laughs> I remember. But, I remember they said, "Hey Watts, what do you what do you think of this thing?" And you're just like, "It's garbage, mate. It's garbage." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it it was it was shit. It was so bad when you had normal conditions and all that. But I went down there one day. Maybe the first day I was down there, one of the days down was Komar. You remember Komar? He's a yeah, 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 Tom Komar. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a classic old Komar. Um, so we were down there, I had my 125SX, had actually had the the, uh, the factory motor in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, which which was, I was talking with a mate last night, and he goes, Do you ever have a factory bike here in America? I said, Yeah, I did. It's my 125 practice bike. <laughs> yeah. In one of the years, whatever it is, 2000, 2001, my practice bike was my only factory bike over here. Yeah. I had the factory motor in it, so I practiced on it, and all my other bikes were all stock. So, anyhow, we had that down at Metal Arcs, and we had that 250F, and I was really uh-huh. dry. It's hard pack, super skatey. I was fast on that shit barge 250F. Oh, we're here. Did you come around the corner? Yeah, come around the corner. You just give it full throttle. Yeah, sure. And that's what I do. It wouldn't spin. The one thing, couldn't get the bloody thing to hook up. Yeah, it was classic. So I was actually fast on that. And I remember going down there with Eddie Ray, and he was on that bad boy uh, 426. And I was on that shit barge 250F. <laughs> I was right on him, hammering him, and he was pissed. He wasn't happy. That shit barge 250F. And uh, so the big devil in the back that had to totally, like, all, all it had and a lot more just to try and yeah. jump the thing and that. Yeah. So um, that was a good time. That was a great, great time in my life down there with you guys down at the, Yeah, we had fun. Yeah, we had fun. Yeah. We always used to just look at you and laugh and be like, look at this guy. He's winning GSEC and, uh, and he's Shane yeah. Watts. So, um, hey, let's, uh, uh, let's talk about your, your, your pro moto career. You just missed the main event in Daytona one year. I don't remember what it was, but I think you were fifth or f- right in the, in the battle for the LCQ for the main event. And then you, yeah. you easily rode into the Nationals. What, just, yeah. just, just want to try yourself? Just want to test yourself, I guess? Uh, it goes back to what you said earlier about the, hey, were well, you looking for a new direction? Like, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm done with off-road. I, I want to go moto sort of type thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I could do that. I mean, watch, I, yeah, I can do that. I can beat those guys. Yeah, realistically, no. Yeah. Uh, maybe I could have gone into it. No, I was actually looking at doing some 125 World Championship earlier back in end of 97. Oh, okay. I went to one of the GPs and yeah. I talked to Case Van Der Ven from the champ team. And I said, hey, can you line me up? So I was actually on my schedule for, for 98 to do some 125 World, World Championship motocross races uh-huh. to check it out. And um, so, yeah. But, yeah, it's just one of those things we wanted to go do, give it a shot. So... Yeah, Daytona, that was in 2001 I did that one. And, yeah, yeah. and I, I wasn't I wasn't even jumping the triple. Like, this is how bad it was. I didn't even ride on a motocross track, track before I went there. Yeah. 
Like, you'd think I'd go and maybe try and write a you would think, before I went right, there. Right, right. Yeah, you'd think I would, but no, I didn't. I didn't. And I'm, the whole time, I'm, I can jump this triple, and I was, and, yeah, I was two or three spots out from, from qualifying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, geez, that was bad. That was, and, uh, yeah, I was so disappointed in myself and that. I remember at Glen Helen, you didn't spin the tire on the concrete because you didn't want to change your tire. You're like, I'm not spinning no, the no, tire. Opposite, mate. How opposite it was. Oh, was it, it was the opposite to that. Was it opposite? It was the opposite. Where's your memory there? Where's your memory, mate? <laughs> too many no, no, too many races. I, there was something about your tire. I remember that. Yep. What was it? Yep. There's definitely something about the tire. Right. Um, but, yeah, so, so yeah, getting back to that, like, in 2000, I, I went to Southwick. I tried to qualify for that. And, mm-hmm. again, all these... If some butts, candy and nuts, like woulda, coulda, shoulda type things. Yeah, if I had done this, had done that. But I was in the, 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 the heat race qualifier, whatever it was, and I was behind Billy Payne, who was on the pro circuit team. And like, I just had to get around him and one more guy, and I would have made, made it in. But I was just it's like, stoked. Hey, I'm, I'm racing a guy on a pro circuit, Cowley. Yeah. It's pretty cool, isn't cool, it? Sort of cool, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, in South, it was fairly one-lined, and, so yeah, I, I didn't didn't do it. Put in respect here that I'm I'm unshaped as 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 you can ever get sort of type thing. So so yep, didn't qualify for that. Went to Redbud and what a great track that is. I yeah. love that track. That was so good. So in the uh, yeah, I was just just remember I had a flashback right then. I was out in practice and they had a new section up around over the back past the Alessi crash jump yeah. is up over the back there. And we're in practice and. You know that uh, Matt Walker kid? Yeah. He was on, on a Honda there. We're going right around. It's all muddy. He goes in front of me. He just turns left. He goes straight across the infield. I've gone right around the outside. And by then, he's joined back in, but he's like you know, 20 meters in front of me. And he just didn't even look. Just plowed right. Whoever it was coming around, just plowed him, T-boned him. But what the fuck's <laughs> going on here? These, these motocross guys are... Yeah, you like, guys are idiots. <laughs> crazy. Like, if you're going to cut the track to get ahead of people, make it good. Like, you know, don't just cut... 50 meters off, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, so in the qualifier, I'm in second place, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, going all good. Come around to the infield triple, whether it's still there or not, but uh, come flying up to it, go to give her a full fistful, and the thing dies on me. I just nearly eat shit so bad. All <laughs> grind in, face of the third one, like big time, and then every lap after that, I couldn't jump the triple. I'm getting past and past. And I miss qualifying on. On that, so we get back to KTM and Komar pulls the the car beer apart, and there's a little flake of aluminium comes off and gets stuck in the main jet. Oh yeah! So every time I go wide open, I let it, it rip right it on there. out. Yeah, yeah, suck it on in there, and it cut out. And I was right on the face of the triple. So anyhow, there's my disclaimer on why I didn't make it in red, but but anyhow, I'll get yeah. to. Glen Helen. Yeah. No, sorry, Steel City. Steel City was the last one. Yeah, you made Steel City. Went, yeah, you made Steel City. Yeah, I made, both times. I made, yeah. made Steel City. And, um, yeah, that's the one when Pastrana and Roncato were going for the championship. So I made that. And again, I'm so out of shape. And, <laughs> and you'd think, hey, a GNC rider, three hours, yeah, 30-minute motor should be no problem, all that. And um, so, again, I'm doing doing the, 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 the first moto. I'm 12 minutes in. I'm I'm. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm about to spontaneously combust. I'm so hot. I need to pierce and all this. So I stop. You 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 go up the hill off the start. Yeah. Zigzag down and sort of turns around left. 
I stop over there, and it's actually your old mate Danny Stevenson. He wrote a story about it in Race Rex one time, or where they had something. What was your most peculiar thing from the 2000 season? What you saw? Uh-huh. Was, yeah, I saw Shane Watts park his bike on a trackside marker and stop and drop his pants and have a piss. <laughs> <laughs> Mid moto, I just I, like I'm so like, I need a piss bad. Yeah, I just yeah. stop. I put it against the marker, uh, the track marker, and yeah, yeah, had it. But yeah, that was that, that was. Bad. That, that, that's, that summed up how bad my fitness was. I couldn't right. get 15 minutes in a motor. So anyhow, fast forward to 2001, we get to uh, Glen Helen round one, and yep, let's have another crack. And yeah, went out and easily qualified. And uh, yeah, went out in uh, uh, low 30s in the first moto. Second moto, I got a 20 something, 20 mid 20s, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I said because because again, like. Hey, I'm not a genius to see guy. I'm yeah. not going to do any good here. <laughs> I'm here just for the fun sort of topic. Let's take a little promo out of it. So, uh, Tim Tolson, I think it's Lumpy, where he's a big fat yeah. guy from yeah. used to be in, in dirt bike. He, he was a genius. He's an off-road guy. He's, oh, yeah, great to see you. Yeah, 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 all great. So, yeah. Start of the second moto, go halfway up the start straight, zoom in on me, because I'm going to light this bad boy up. I'm going to do a burnout. <laughs> And you're going to be smoke <laughs> everywhere. It's all right, all right, because that's going to be my claim to fame. Because yeah, whether I get 26 or whether I get yeah. 15 in the motor, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I actually pull up and I actually lined up next to Pendry. And, and we're, about, we're starting the bikes up. We're about to get 30 second board. And I better tell this guy what's going on because he's on the QTM team. I yeah, yeah. You know, mess his race up. Don't, don't be that guy. So I sort of elbow him and say, hey, mate, I'm going to do a big burnout here. And he looks at me and just gives me a. What the fuck? Uh-huh. Just sort of shrugged his shoulders, like didn't hear me. Right. He's like, yeah, whatever, bro. Off road, a piss off. Right. Out of there. I think so. Thirty second board goes sideways, as in like, oh, gets put up. I should say, yeah. gets put up. Yeah. Some first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Oh! <laughs> yeah, the that was it. Thirty second board. The whole thirty second board just boom, oh! the whole way until the gate dropped. It dropped. Let go of the front back. Oh, I put it down. Yeah, put it down four gears away. I went. I'm half straight away behind, and oh. yeah, I come around mid mid twenties, whatever. I come in, and Moen was so pissed with me. He was Moen. Do you remember Tom Moen? Yeah, I know Moen. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, Moen. <laughs> Moen's classic. I love that guy. Moen's classic. He comes in. He's so annoyed. He goes, "What did you do that for? What did you do that for? You could have got points. You could have got points. You could have got twenty, mate. It doesn't matter what it will. I get yeah, nobody cares. Nothing. Right, right. It does, yeah, no one cares. But there was a photo in Dirt Bike Magazine of me doing a big old smoky burnout on the start line. Yeah, so that was classic. So I got my claim to fame, and <laughs> so yeah, so. That was that now, was my motocross career there. Yeah, I'm okay. So yeah, I got it wrong. There was something about your tire, though. I remember that. We yeah, because we I was on yeah. KTM in 2000 2001. You were always pissed at us, Watsy, because you're like, "That's my money, KTM spending. You guys, yeah. that's my money." Yeah. The, the Supercross motocross team, because we started in 2000, yeah. and you were always, "That's my money." And we're like, yeah. "Yep, Watsy, it's all that semi. It's all yours. It's all your money." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why I'm. I just can't believe like for just. See now they've all got the semis and that. Yeah, they and when do. they come yeah. in, all, all the other riders are going, "It's great for the sport. It's going to grow, grow the sport." No, it's not, mate. That's your money sitting over there. Yeah. That's your salary sitting there. The truck driver makes more money than you. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Pay me money. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I was all about that, and especially when when you mate Alan Brown, he goes, "I was talking to him one day. We we're at KT. He goes, 'Cause yeah, we're coming down the last couple of races.'" 
we've got, we got to spend more money. And so why? He goes, yeah, we've got to go over budget. I go, why you got to have budget? Well, never going to get more if you don't go over budget. Jesus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I'm like, like, what the hell? So I was talking to Rod Bush one day. I said, what's up, what's up with this clown? He's saying, yeah, you need to spend more money. Like, I'm about saving the company money in a way by being cheap and not using parts and all that. But, but then on the flip side, I want them to pay me more more money. That's what I was – if I never could get it when, when like, FMF, they'd send me a couple of pipes, and there'd be 10 T-shirts in there and yeah, yeah. all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, don't send me that. Just send me more money. Keep, keep the shirt. Yeah, keep your shirt. Send me, right, right. Yeah, send, me, send me a $200 check instead or whatever it is. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and you know that end up I I get so much product. I'd have gear bags of product, like t-shirts and all that. That end up being like at the GCs when I'd win, I'd throw all that crap and that stuff out to the crowd, and the crowd loved it. Loved it, It just grew who I was and and the, the, the connection I had with the crowd. Yeah, what's wind or what's on the podium? Everyone comes around and and I'd throw all the crap out and be pandemonium out there. And you know, one day like the Maybe it's, it would have been 2001 when I was way out of shape. South Carolina made the podium. At, yeah, I believe I even won that one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I was so hot on the podium. I stripped down. I was in my jocks and my knee braces. <laughs> I threw my pants to the crowd, and they're fighting. They're pulling. Someone's got one leg. The other one's got the other leg. They had to get security in to to, to settle the argument <laughs> over, like, one one old chick with haggard teeth and all that, like a crankster. <laughs> She's pulling one and some big old... Buff dude, he's pulling the other end, and they had to get security in because there's a fight over my pants. I'm sitting on, on the podium, just in my jocks and my knee braces, through my boots, everything. I just threw the hot the helmet, everything. Went back to the van, just in my jocks and knee braces. And so, so yeah, that's that's the thing I could never understand. Just uh, all the all the product is, yeah. you, you used to get sent out. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was nuts. Uh, hey, any um. And you, you've you've talked about it a little bit in this podcast. Um, you 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 did burn the candle on both ends many times, uh, and you've alluded to that. Any regrets about that? Any like th- like you talked about what you know now? If you knew it back then, um, mm-hmm. any regrets of that kind of stuff? Like you know the legendary kind of hanging out with the fans and and chasing chicks and and, and all that. Um, would you have done it differently? I would have. Um... A lot of times, like at the races and stuff like that, no, definitely no, because you know it was, it was a it was a known entity on what I was going to do before. Like yeah, I, and I you know, just to, to build that, to build my brand, build the, yep. build the aura around Shane Watts. So as then I could connect with more with the people, and then I get paid more money. Right, so right. it's quite yep. quite simple. But yeah, it, I definitely I could I do the actual partying. I do that. I do it. Um, elsewhere, I wouldn't say elsewhere, different times. All right, I knew, what, what happened was I'd do all the GNC, I'd do the National Hair Scramble, I'd do this. I felt an obligation to the sponsors that I had to be racing every weekend, yep. I'd be away at the track every weekend. That was my, one of my downfalls. I needed someone to say, like the Team Suzuki back then, they'd do 13 races and that's it. So I need someone to say, no, we're good, we're good, we're going to pay you all this money, but just do these races. And then on those off weekends, yeah, off you go, go party, all that, get that out of your system, and then you most likely go do training. But sure. instead, yeah. I was at the races, and that's how I got burnout, burnout on, yeah, yeah. on the whole system sort of type of thing. I, I needed someone to, you know, I just felt as though I, I owed these companies to be there. And, and, and it's like, 
what, what would you rather as a company? I mean, if I was owner of a company, I'd rather someone go out and win 10 races and a championship and call good instead of yeah. win three races, no championship, but be it 30 races for the year. Yeah, 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 for sure, right? That, that, yep. that's, that's, that's where, where, where it happened for me. So, so um, no, no, but like at, at the races there, uh, like, you know, one time down in, it was in 99, we're down, I'd, I'd done the first four, uh, first three GNCCs, I'd, I, I won the first two, got a second at the next one, and then we went to Louisiana for two national enduro, uh-huh. and went there and, and um, went out on the, on the Friday night, went into town, and it's me and the Garahans, we were there, and, and um you yeah, go into the bar, chasing chicks, all that sort of type thing. Not much going on. So bar shuts down at one o'clock. We go back to the box stand. Yeah, we're reading race rest for an hour and a half. Yeah. You know, and then we'd drive back to the pits and we'd get back to the pits at four in the morning. <laughs> and it's it, it, an enduro, which you don't need any fitness or anything like that. It's all about speed. It's all about yeah. technique. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back then. Right. So get up. I went out and I won by, you know, Smash Michael Lafferty, Ty Davis, smash those guys that day. One by an unbelievable, it might have been five minutes. Like, I'm still blown away by how much it was. Yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, then, but the story comes back. It's like, yeah, yeah, Michael Lafferty said he's going to beat you, no worries, because you guys didn't get back in until. 4.30 in the morning because we parked right next and pulled on in, made sure we revved her up a little bit, let everyone know that we're just getting back at 3.30 in the morning. So, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what we do. We do shit like that just to just to, just to to egg it on a little bit. And, yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, then I remember the second day he comes up and he goes, I'm going to smoke you today. I said, whatever, sounds good, bro. Yeah, whatever, sounds yeah, yeah. good. Right. Went out and smashed him again. <laughs> yeah. Then the week after we went to Loretta's and um, I won that. And mind you, this is four GNCCs and two a two day national enduro. I've still got the same ties on, the same ties for yeah, all yeah. those races. <laughs> yeah, riding the one to five, all those races, and then after the after the race, I also did victory. And John Ayres like, "What do you do in Australia to celebrate? Do yeah. burnout? That's what I do. We're up on the <laughs> on the country store on the back deck. That's where they had the little podium thing. The ball, 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 the first, second, third, ah." It's like smoked right out, burn it right down until there's no noise left. Because it's like, hey, I've done, uh, you know, four jeans a season, a two-day enduro. It's time yeah. that I should change this uh, tire now because it's all shady. <laughs> that jeans here. I better change this tire now. So I might as well burn the bastard off. So anyway, I did that, and then the Coombs has got in so much trouble from the, the management there. They wanted to, they were, they were, yeah, wanted to find and all that because yeah. some dickhead from Australia did a big burnout <laughs> and burnt right down into the wooden. I was there a couple of years ago. I walked up there, uh-huh. the missus up there, and the kids, and fair enough, there's the mark. Down as would you see, there's a Michelin S12. You can see the exact knobby mark burnt <laughs> right down into the wood. They, yeah, it's classic. And, oh, that's yeah, awesome. So, yeah. So that's where, that's where the burnout thing comes from. And every time I won up, I'd burn yeah. out, do burnouts. And, yeah, so it's just, just part of just geeing up the crowd yeah, and doing yeah. the brand and, and ultimately, at the end of the day, indirectly, just making more money because I was more marketable. Yeah, I spoke yeah. to the people. Sure. Uh, well, Shane, thanks. Uh, thanks for doing this. What a career, man! What an awesome career. Um, and memories, <laughs> so many memories. You could write a book, man. You really could. <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I was actually. I'm, I'm, I'm here in New York with a friend of my mate, Nate Keeney, the old pro racer. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Out, out, yeah, out having dinner last night. And he's, he comes up, we're just talking about racing and all that, and he goes, hey, 
you should write a book. You should do a podcast. And little did he know that I was doing this thing today. Yeah. I told him this morning. I said, yeah, because yeah, we're going to go peddling again here shortly. And, uh-huh. and he's like, yeah. Um, I said, yeah, um, we can't go until a bit later because I've got to do this podcast. There's this guy called Matt. Says, no way. Doing a Matt's podcast. Oh, that's awesome. That's sick. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, no yeah. worries. But, yeah, there's so, so many more stories that I have there. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and, some for some for the good, some for the bad. Like, you know, should have I done some of those things? No, I didn't. But like I said earlier on, that's yeah. who I was, and I, I was invincible. I was right. king of the world, so to speak. I was superhuman. It it wrecked me with my knee in terms of six ACL reconstructions. No, I had five. Sorry, but I. I I didn't, haven't bothered going in for the sixth one now because my, <laughs> my knee's not toppy. So, but yeah, because, you know, that's what I mean. I, I had three in four months, three reconstructions in four months because I thought I was superhuman. Yeah. But that's what got me able to go ahead and go to Europe, mm-hmm. live, do the hard life. Yeah. I was superhuman. I'm better than them guys. And then I go to to see and I can win with zero training on bikes I pull out of the box and stock bikes because I was just superhuman. So it got me a lot of good things and got me some bad things in life as well. But yeah, yeah, what a great journey. That was so good. I, yeah. I had a great time there. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, it's so so mad now, nowadays having people still come up to me. Oh yeah, right. You, you used to sleep under the truck and you go out. And, we went drinking this one time and remember uh. that race. And I, yeah, yeah, where was that race? And I, yeah, I've never been there. But yeah, mate, yeah, I remember that. I don't want, I don't want to destroy it for him. I don't want to destroy the memories for right. him and all that. So, it's it's but, a bit, yeah, uh... but. It's a bit like another Aussie, Chad. At times, Chad has partied with a lot of fans. I always said that's going to be his legacy, the uh, the uh, Supercross champion that partied with the most fans. Chad Reed. Yeah, you, so. <laughs> which GNC did you go to? Was it, the, it was Crawford? Was it last? The last? It was, I said last one because it is. But um, in 2000, is that when you came? Was it? Yeah, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at my plaque right now, Watsy. Fifth place in the industry class, 2000. Right. Yeah. I've, I've got a photo of you at the when I crossed the finish line. I, I won the race on the 380 uh-huh. um, that year, and and you were standing right down. It's at home in Australia somewhere. I've been meaning to dig that sucker yeah, out. Send, send it to send me. You, send yeah. you a copy of it there. Absolutely. You, you there, the headlights hanging off my bike. I <laughs> made the pass on Paul Edmonds in the last cornfield because it, it, it gets back to that. You're partying, seeing. We yeah. get to the race there and. And Eddie's last race, he's going back to England. He's yeah, I've been on the piss all week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hungover. I'm shot. And I'm like, all right, yeah, me too. I'm, yeah, yeah. The, the Friday night, I'm all, all night on Friday night. No, sorry, Saturday night. It was Saturday night. All night, I didn't go, didn't go to bed. I was in the same room as Scott Harden, the marketing manager from KTM. I never show up. And you're just chasing chicks and doing doing girl things and lots of girl things going on in the morning and all that. And we <laughs> we threw the race and I'm back in fourth or fifth place and there's Paul Edmondson. He's got the whole shot and he's he's got Rodney Smith, Fred Andrews, Barry Hawk all behind him. He's going really slow through the trees because he can hold them up and you know, hold the line. He get out in the field out of the out into the corn pegs there and he just pin it and he's a blow right you know beat him to the, to the next tree section. I go, come on, Eddie, just hold him up. Hold him up. Yeah, and yeah. throughout the race, one will drop off, another will drop off, and then I'm being mean, Eddie, at the end. And <laughs> I got you. I'm on the 380. We've got in the last cornfield. Just yeah, set him up. You're wide open, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. He's, he's on a little pissy Cowie 252 stroke. <laughs> yeah, no match here. 380 is going to eat you alive. And yeah, so took victory. But yeah, that, that, I was thinking about that the other um, day. But that he, was uh, got a photo of you there. Yeah, Kelly Smith did it. He did it. Um, I think he got 12th, or he was 8th until he got a flat tire or something. But, yeah, I did the industry race in the morning, and Kelly did the pro race. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was fun times, good times for sure. Um, I remember starting the race and being like, yeah, this is pretty easy. Like, I got this. I raced pro. Not nearly as very good, but but I was a decent rotocross racer. And then we started, and I'm like, I got this. I got this. I got this. And then as it got on, I'm like, this is terrible. This sucks. This is worse. This is the worst thing ever. Yes. I don't. I hate this. I wish I would have never, ever said I could do this. And uh, I was on a 125, and it was just a disaster. But I got fifth. Probably my practice bike, was it? Uh, no, it was one of Kelly's practice bikes. Kelly's practice oh, bike. But uh, good time man with Shane Watts um thanks Shane thank you for the time on the uh, fly racing racer x podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects we got to do another one maybe down the road we'll do part 2 well uh, sure give me a call tomorrow i got nothing going on we'll do part <laughs> 2 you save it up for a year or so but yeah give give me a call back and we got, i got so many other stories and gee some of maybe your, your listeners out there if there, if there was any off road listeners maybe they can come in with some questions and some stuff and you could throw them at me and that but yeah i've got yeah so many stories that we could tell, and oh, I, I I'm bet. not scared to tell them because I don't have to please anyone in the in the industry, and I never did. Just yeah. like when I were you know, the, the the GC I won after after my wrist injury, you know, I'd been off for a, virtually a year. Had to you know had the three bones in my wrist taken out and thrown away, and yep. what was left in my hand they rearranged and made a whole new wrist for me. And yeah, you know, finally won a GC. I got up on the podium. And I said, thanks to all those guys that support me. And all those that don't, you can go ahead and kiss my arm. <laughs> and that's exactly, and I have no problem saying that. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I said beginning of this podcast that um, there's always lots of Shane Watts stories floating around because you were such a unique individual dude over the years that everyone has one of these stories from you. Uh, and, and and we bring it up time to time on the Pulp Show or, or wherever we're talking about you. And and uh, so it's always, always good to... Uh, catch up and uh, what a career uh thank you for doing this man really appreciate it no i thanks for thanks for calling me unique instead of weird because that's that's what i like to call people that are a little <laughs> different i call them unique it's not nice to call them weird and nah. so, yeah nah. some people think i'm thinking weird but no i just got a different way of doing it and a lot of times that was to just build the brand and all that to yeah. to exaggerate what it was so yeah i got a lot of uniqueness to you so there you that's go. awesome mate thanks appreciate that yeah thanks thanks watsy no worries, Steve. Have a good one, mate. We'll uh, catch you some other time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. 
we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I just pulled piss and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.